Hey guys, my name is Alex and I'm coming at you from the podcast at The Well. Um, and this is talk two of three of our Lenten retreat, uh, By His Wounds, We Are Healed. Uh, so be, uh, be sure to check out the two other talks done by Rachel and Erica. And if this is the first one you're seeing, this is the second talk. So we have done them in a particular order. Rachel's doing the first one. So go and check out her video. Um, and then also Rachel prepared um, a very quick intro video um, just to explain the whole format of this mini retreat, just so you know what to expect. Uh, so as always, I am going to start um, with a prayer. Uh, but this time I'm going to start with a prayer that speaks really closely to my heart um, because I read it every day for quite a while in my life in a time when I consistently had to refocus um, and turn my head towards Jesus. And it's called patient trust. Um, so let's put ourselves in the presence of Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Above all, trust in the slow work of God. We are quite naturally impatient in everything to reach the end without delay. We should like to skip the intermediate stages. We are impatient of being on the way to something unknown, something new. And yet it is the law of all progress that it is made by passing through some stages of instability and that it may take a very long time. And so I think it is with you. Your ideas mature gradually. Let them grow. Let them shape themselves without undue haste. Don't try to force them on. As though you could be today, what time, that is to say, grace and circumstances acting on your own goodwill will make of you tomorrow. Only God could say what this new spirit gradually forming within you will be. Give our Lord the benefit of believing that his hand is leading you and accept the anxiety of feeling yourself in suspense and incomplete. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Um, so I really love this prayer. I think it really speaks to the growth that we are called to um, in this life and how we are consistently required to um, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, and so in our second season uh, for the At The Well podcast, we've been really focusing on um, the theme of growth and the different aspects of how we are called to grow together and what that truly means, right? And so we know that can be hard. <laughs> We've discussed that already. It can be hard. It is difficult. Um, and to truly grow in a positive way and grow closer in our relationships and to the Lord, breaking against the easy routes um, and not taking that wide path that we can so easily just walk on instead of the narrow one. But knowing that the Lord, um, the Lord knows the path for us and he knows it's narrow and difficult and he walks it with us. And he wants us and yearns for us. And really, the Lord yearns for you. And so the portion I'm going to be talking about is treatment. So if we've identified that we are broken in some way or, or have been wounded or have multiple wounds, the next process is typically um, treatment. 
and acknowledging that treatment needs to take place. And the path of treatment <laughs> towards healing, it may sound, it may sound like it's all like good and fine and dandy and great. It's necessary, but it's definitely not one that is with ease. And it's not one that doesn't come without sometimes more pain. Uh, I mean, we just got to be real about that. Okay. The process of growth and healing, it is not one without even more pain um, and difficulty. Um, and I like to kind of relate this sometimes to the analogy of a broken bone, or at least I, I find it um, nice to think about <laughs> as a simple analogy, because it's definitely not as complex. But let's say when you break a bone, uh, depending on what bone it is, but for the sake of this example, if you break a bone, what's the thing that needs to happen? Once you realize you've broken the bone, the next step is treatment. And then what happens within that treatment? So typically, um, if, a bone is, if a bone is broken, uh, it may need to be reset. It may need to be snapped back into place. Um, and even though it likely will never be the same, the process of snapping it back into place for treatment is necessary and includes a journey of weeks or maybe months or maybe even years um, of, of the pain associated with it um, or other things happening because of it. So there can be like this ripple effect of things that happen, uh, but it can be a long process of tending to that wound and protecting it so that it can truly go through this process of, of growth and healing. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll have a test as I did for, for a bit of a while um, in elementary school when I broke my bum. Um, but really like going back to how this relates to our wounds and our trials and suffering, your trials and your suffering and your cross, it's unique to you. And as much as your cross and burdens are unique to you and, and that only the Lord can truly know your heart and what's going on, you are still not alone, even though it may feel that way many times, even though the evil one may try to just put his foot into things and, and try to mess you up and convince us, convince me, um, especially when in a state of desolation, that he may try to convince me of this lie that I'm alone. And I think this is a really important process in, in our treatment and realizing that we're not, and also the importance of not being alone. Um, and so there's this wonderful series on Formed. If you don't know about Formed, you can get an, an account for free. Um, but there's this wonderful series on Formed and it's called The Search. And it's done by, um, the host is Krista Fanick. Um, and I really, really loved um, all, all of it, but there's this one portion that, that stuck with me in particular that I'm relating to this. And so you, in one of the videos, he was talking about the largest trees in the world. Um, and I may say this word wrong, but I think they're called sequoias largest tree in the world. We're talking about the ones where like, if you went like this as much as you could, you would look like a little ant next to this tree, okay? Or like a little a little stick bug or something. Um, there's a type of tree where they go so big um, that there can be like, even they carve like um, 
like a hollow in it so that like a, dry, a car can even drive through it. Um, so they're massive, massive trees and they can't stand so tall. Um, and he talked about how they're able to stand so tall and that all these trees stand so tall, not because their roots go extremely deep. The roots are important, but they don't go so much as deep as much as they go wide. They go wide and interlock with one another so that they are so strong, but so much so that if one tree were to stand alone or be very far from another and there were two, that if a few storms came, that, that tree or those two trees that were far apart, they wouldn't be able to stand anymore. They would just fall. Um, and, and Chris Stefanik really related that um, to us, like how it's so similar to us. Um, I, I feel the relation and I think it really speaks to part of the original plan for us and how we're made to be in communion with one another. And the only way for us to grow in this life for God who intended us to be, for who he intended us to be, is to live this life by doing his will and being connected to others, to, to one another whom he's created. And Christophanic uh, said these uh, profound words that you can't fulfill your intended purpose from God. You cannot grow into your full stature of who he created you to be. And you cannot be saved just on your own. We're not called to do this on our own. And going through treatment means that we need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable which is, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of rude. It's like, well, if I have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, it means that I'm not going to be comfortable at all. Um, so it's just not going to be a comfortable thing. So, uh, but what that means is the reason for that is it means processing and dealing with pain and looking at it and realizing the reality of it and how it's affected you and how it is affecting you. And I know like with, with physical pain or sometimes um, uh, broken bones, there can be a timeline for things that we can expect for things to be healed, right? And this can be extra difficult when we're thinking about these areas because um, there's not an expected timeline and there's no normal timeline for your unique wounds and suffering. And so this can be, the treatment process can be a much longer, much, much longer time um, in order to truly deal with the wounds in life. Um, and I think this, this really comes down to three main areas that I'm thinking about right now. And it's just how we need to heal and be treated emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And there's just, there aren't definite timelines for this treatment and healing process. And as much as we think that we have control, uh, we just do not. And that 
is a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard truth to accept. And we can even see this, again, from our original parents, Adam and Eve. And they thought they could control. They thought that their plan was better than God's. And from a fear and lack of trust and a fear of missing out because they thought they were missing out by being tempted into a lie, uh, they mistrusted God's goodness, true goodness, the source of goodness and his plan for them. And they fell into this twisted lie that tried to be um, manipulated as the truth. And sometimes we give ourselves, we give ourselves permission to have this confidence, this false confidence of having the illusion of control. And we don't, we do not. And we cannot control others. And a lot of things that happen in our, that happen in our lives, we can't control. And sometimes we have our various backup plans that drift us away from our trust in God. Rather than recognizing how little we can control. And instead, we go with our minds and say, we confidently say that these things will happen. And we're reminded in scripture multiple times, but we're reminded in the letter of James that we do not even know what tomorrow will bring. And I know I can think about this in my life, but I'm sure we can all recount times um, in our lives where the day before a huge trial or point of suffering came for us, um, we we had no idea that it was coming. And I've definitely recounted this in the past year, but many times even before that. And and thinking about this and all of talking about lack of control um, and planning for things and, and thinking that we know our future, it's not to say that you can't plan for things because I'm not going to lie, y'all. I love my Blessed Is She Planner. I love writing in it. I love being organized. I love using different colors. Um, That's not what I'm getting at. It's not to say that these things are bad. But what I have realized in life is that sometimes I wrote things in my Blessed Is She Planner, things that I was really excited about, um, and they didn't come to full fruition. And that's because, precisely, I did not actually know what was going to happen, but I was planning for what I thought was going to happen. And this happened to me on multiple occasions some being a lot more truly painful than others. And it wasn't just simply not accomplishing something. It was um, very hard on my heart. And also in saying these things um, and through this talk, I'm not trying to say uh, any of this because I'm an expert in any way. Like, no, 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 not anywhere near. Um, not today, probably not ever. Um, but I do know um, some of these things from experiences and the crosses and the cross that I've carried and continue to with the Lord. And I know the feeling of wanting to wipe away and erase things from your mind. Um, I I know maybe, I don't know, maybe you can relate, but there have been times where I've really like wished for like this kind of 
permanent amnesia just to occur for like this one situation or or some of these wounds like could I just forget it like can I just forget and act like it didn't happen um or even sins wounds or sins of mine definitely will that um and I've been guilty (laughs) but what's important is that to go back to that is that our sins and the sins of others and our wounds, they don't define us. They don't define us. And God never leaves us alone. But that doesn't mean <laughs> the struggle is still not real. Uh, because treatments, again, the treatment can change depending on the stage of life you're in. So if we're going back to the broken bone analogy. Maybe the cast is off and it's healed enough um, so that you no longer need the cast. Um, And maybe that portion of the treatment is done. And maybe that was even the only wound, which is great. However, it may also mean that there's still a lot more. There is still much more required. And so if we take maybe the example then of the next treatment needing to be physio um, in order to get effective treatment, sometimes there have to be multiple processes in place of treatment that we have to go through. And this is where I think even treatment, sometimes we can relate it because I'm talking about spiritual health, emotional health, mental health. This is sometimes where we also need to relate for ourselves and discern, do I need the help of a counselor or a therapist along with God? And I know it can be common for there to be a misperception sometimes where um, if you have God and truly know God, you don't need a therapist because he heals everything. That's, he heals everything and he heals all. But God gives us all different talents and abilities. And we're called to be stewards to cultivate those talents and abilities. And we definitely um, can access counselors or therapists and I think it's actually really necessary for a lot of us maybe if if not most maybe most this is a general statement but I really think counseling and therapy is such a beautiful gift that we need to utilize in order to help our our different states and help us really process through and serve one another and Another, like an old story as an example that reminds me of something where sometimes we we don't want to rely on God's help in different ways and can't see it in different ways um, is this old story that I see in a cartoon. I'm not sure if it was a cartoon or an old email from many years ago, but it was about this man. He was on the roof of his house. And I can't remember what happened, but maybe it was a natural disaster. And a boat came by and they tried to help this man. And the man said, no, no, I'm okay. Um, You can go. God's going to save me. And then another set of people came and they tried to help him. And he said, no, don't worry. I'm good. God's going to save me. And then a third set of people in a helicopter came by. And they said, 
come let us help you. Like, come with us. We'll save you. Like, you're not going to be able to survive here in this state. And the man said, nope, God's going to save me. And then the man died. And when he died, he, he went to God and he asked him why he didn't save him. And God responded, my son, I tried. I tried to save you. I sent people through the boat. I sent people through this avenue and, and through the helicopter to try and save you. And he just didn't want to accept help from these people, which was ultimately through God. God can work through all of us. And he does. And he shows his love through us all the time. And we need to accept that help. We need to accept that help even when it's not easy for us. We aren't meant to do this life alone. Sometimes our treatment includes multiple avenues and maybe it's for a long time. And it can take that, it can take a lot of time to truly unearth the things that we've buried or built walls up around, maybe walls up around our hearts in different ways or harden our hearts. And we can fall we can fall and lose heart along that way. Um, and so thinking, thinking about this, something um, that kind of, <laughs> I like it as a practical application um, that I've been sharing this for years. I love sharing this. Um, it's five tips from St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, he's awesome. He pretty much came up with self-care years and years ago. Um, and I think it's awesome. And um, while I'm going to give these practical tips for advice um, from St. Thomas Aquinas, I want you to also acknowledge that it's not a foolproof treatment. And by any means, am I saying do this instead of seeking counseling? No, this could be one of the avenues for treatment, especially when maybe you don't have the professional help that day. Um, and so essentially, St. Thomas Aquinas offered five remedies for sadness. Um, and they're just really great. And I try to apply all the time. And again, I have been sharing it with my friends for years. Um, and, and I really do love them. And so one of the remedies is to cry. He makes, um, he makes, he made a really interesting observation uh, where if there's like, if there's laughter and smiling, then there's even more joy, which makes sense, right? Uh, but then with crying and weeping, that actually doesn't increase sorrow, but it actually helps to diminish it. And St. Thomas Aquinas said this. He said, first, because a hurtful thing hurts yet more if we keep it shut up because the soul is more intent on it. Whereas if it be allowed to escape, the soul's intention is dispersed as it were on outward things so that the inward sorrow is lessened. So if we let these tears out and weep, we release the sorrow and it actually has a great psychological effect of having the tears be released from our bodies um, yeah, and so it, it's really freeing. Crying is really good. Weeping is good. It can be harder for some of us than others. 
but we can even see a beautiful example of Jesus um, in the Bible when he, he wept with everyone. He wept for Lazarus and he knew what was going to come. He knew he was going to bring him to life, but he still wept. He still wept with the people. That being said, now uh, the second one is sharing your sorrow with friends. It's, it's not good for us to keep our sorrows in. It's not good for us to just not cry and let it all build up. And so too, do we need to share sometimes and talk to a friend, maybe seek advice or even just have an ear. And St. Thomas Aquinas said, when a man's friends condole with him, he sees that he is loved by them and this affords him pleasure and every pleasure assages sorrow. So sometimes, sometimes we just need to release it through actually speaking and ranting it out or talking it out and having a loving ear, um, loving set of ears listen to us. The third one out of five is contemplating the truth. So St. Thomas Aquinas says, the greatest of all pleasures consists in the contemplation of truth. Now every pleasure assages pain, hence the contemplation of truth assages pain or sorrow, and the more so, the more perfectly one is a lover of wisdom. So he's pretty much saying that we need to read our sacred truth. We have a beautiful truth. We have the truth. And in that truth is a hope beyond what we can imagine. Um, knowing also that there are seasons for things and, and these seasons don't last forever, even if they can be for a long time, but the suffering of this world is nothing in comparison to the joy um, and happiness uh, that is to come where there will be no more sorrow or tears or weeping. The fourth one is pleasure. Um, and we see that the world can really kind of sometimes mistake this. But we need to relate how um, if one is, if a person is like physically tired, if I'm tired, then sleep is the solution. If someone is in pain or sorrow, then pleasure is a good solution. Not the only one. And of course, in moderation, everything in moderation. But I like this uh, sample of um, where you can find uh, the five, these five uh, remedies by St. Thomas Aquinas online. They, they reference the book of Psalms. And they say, when sorrow was great within me, your consolation was brought to my soul. This is in Psalm 94. And what the article said is, in the midst of pain, God will often send consoling pleasures, which should be appreciated and savored. Savored, sorry, not savored. They should be savored. And we see that um, it's necessary, right? There is necessary for a time where even when we have times of sorrow, there's a time for everything. And there is a time for joy, for the joy of life to come back. Um, and we can find ourselves or myself sometimes feeling guilty when you feel like you shouldn't be feeling joy or um, experiencing that. 
maybe after the grief of the loss of a loved one, but it is a point where it has to come back. Um, and so going to the fifth point by St. Thomas Aquinas is uh, one that I truly love, and it is having a nice warm bath and a nap. Um, and this is really awesome advice because it really points to the fact that we are not just body and we're not just soul, but we are a body and a soul. And we need to realize that we have to be treated in these ways. We have to treat ourselves in these ways um, and understand this nature. And St. Thomas Aquinas says about this, sorrow by reason of its specific nature is repugnant to the vital movement of the body. And consequently, whatever restores the bodily nature to its due state of vital movement is opposed to sorrow. So proper care of the body, uh, whether it be exercise, a nice walk, getting outside, getting some vitamin D, um, having a nap. Sometimes you just need a nap, you know, um, and realizing that we have this gifts, right? These gifts. So treatment, this process of treatment, going back to this topic, it's necessary and uncomfortable and something that we don't know how long it will be required for, maybe for one thing or multiple things, but it is indeed necessary. And I'm not going to go into the why because Erica, the third, uh, the third speaker uh, from the podcast at the Wild, Erica is going to go into um, bringing our talks together and to tackle um, by his wounds we are healed and the glory of that and the why. By his wounds we are healed. And so we need to trust in God's providence and plan for our lives. So I really hope that through these thoughts and reflections um, that something stuck on your heart or stayed on your heart or that the Holy Spirit is stirring something up within you uh, within this retreat. Um, and please do feel free to send us your prayer intentions, either through Instagram or Facebook or our website. And we really do hope that you'll continue to journey with us through season two um, of growth and continue to grow with us and subscribe. So for more um, episodes and content, um, you can, um, from At The Well, you can check us out on, like I said, Instagram, Facebook, on our website, but you can also find our podcasts um, on all major platforms. So Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify. Um, and as a bonus on Spotify, we did create a special tiny little playlist to go along with our reflections um, and really um, help you with um, your prayer and reflection uh, for this retreat. And there's an extra special bonus is our At The Wall has a favorite worship team, a favorite worship band. Um, and so our good friends from Steadfast Worship um, is on that playlist. And we do have a special video from them as well. And what I particularly love about them is God's love is so present, um, is so present through their talent, so present through their voices. 
and they are just not even done, man. They are coming out with more. So you've got to check them out. If you haven't yet, definitely check them out and listen to their song. It's a beautiful way, um, especially to like end the retreat because there's so much joy um, and beauty. Um, so yeah, give them a follow. And uh, I, I can guarantee they'll add more goodness to your life. So uh, before we I end off here and stop this video, let's end with um, praying a Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Bye. Thanks, friends. Really, the Lord yearns for